Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Autism Stories. I'm your host Doug Bletcher, the founder of Autism Personal Coach. Autistic people are the true experts of the autistic experience and Autism Stories is where we interview autistic people to learn from their stories, experiences, and get their insights. If you would like to be notified about each week's episode of Autism Stories, we suggest you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We would also appreciate it if you could give us a positive rating and review as we'll help others to learn about Autism Stories. On today's episode, Milani Gray joins us to discuss being an entrepreneur, how ChatGPT has helped her business, and neuroscience-driven ghostwriting. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Milani, thanks so much for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor that you asked me to be here. I appreciate it. And I'd like to start our conversation by learning where does your story in the autistic community begin? So for me, I wasn't in the autistic community until I actually joined LinkedIn. I was very isolated in my whole autistic experience. I didn't really know that anyone else experienced what I experienced because Instagram is a scary place and TikTok as well to speak about autism in any way. So anyone who ever spoke about their autism, it was very attacked and shut down. I think when I joined LinkedIn, I actually really experienced the community out there that, oh, well, there are people like me, right? There are people who are proud of being autistic, which was an entirely new concept for me. My whole life, it was always something like, I guess a bit of a shameful thing that you don't really talk about. You don't really tell people, you try and mask, you try and hide. So when I got onto LinkedIn and I started following people and they were like loud and proud about it, I was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? Like this is a whole different dimension in a way because I've had, I've known about my autism since I was a toddler, but we went through the whole process of like behavior therapists and occupational therapists and exposure to therapy and everything like that. And in the nineties, autism was very, there wasn't a lot of like, not a lot of knowledge about it, but also a lot of denial. I didn't grow up with the needed resources. I didn't grow up with the needed support because even in my culture in South Africa, Dutch culture, anything to do with mental health, you know, anything to do with the brain, really, you know, it's not really talked about. It's very shameful. I didn't get the help and support and stuff I needed, which ultimately led to masking my whole life, you know, but always knowing we all knew there was something wrong. It was very, very obvious. Therapists confirmed that psychologists confirmed constantly I had autism, but I just there was never the support or people who talked about it, people who representation where I could be like, oh my gosh, it's not like a defect. I'm not broken. I'm, there was nothing like that. And it ultimately led to like a lot of depression and suicide attempts and self-harm and everything like that, because I knew there was something, but I didn't know how to deal with it. There was no 
acknowledgement. There was no support. And so the only, it was funny, the time when I really realized like, oh, this is real was when I moved to the USA and I was no longer homeschooled. I was no longer living in the house and I was exposed to the real world, if you want to say. And I came face to face with my autism in a way that I never have before. And I think myself and my entire family for the first time at like 18, 19 had to admit, like, I'm not outgrowing this the way they said I would. You'd mentioned uh, LinkedIn. Recently, I read on social media that you are a youth pastor turned copywriter with tattoos and a smart mouth. So uh, why did you decide to uh, transition into copywriting? How did that all come about? So basically, as I said, I moved to the USA and I went into becoming a youth pastor, going to Bible school. I went into ministry, became a um, youth pastor, worked with kids, everything like that. And I had been in ministry and working as a youth pastor between 2017 and 2019. And then in 2019, I lost a job once again, which was something that has happened a lot of times. Like I would lose jobs after one after the other. Like I just could not keep a job whatsoever. It was one of those experiences where I would maybe keep it for like a month or two. And then because of the sensory struggles, because of the comprehension struggles and understanding and communicating, it would just make it impossible to, and I would burn out. So... And one of the moments where I was literally like contemplating my entire life, like, what am I going to do with my entire life? Like, I don't actually know. I can't function. I felt like I couldn't be a functioning, contributing person to society in a way. And then one of my friend's husband, her husband actually came to me and he was like, okay, well, I need social media marketing. Do you do that? Like, <laughs> do you do that? I'm like, well, I've been a writer my whole life. I've been literally, I wanted to be a journalist when I was younger. So I literally, that was all I ever did. I pretty much, I have this thing where I'm obsessed with courses. So I took as many writing courses as I possibly could, but there was always this thing of like the struggling artist, you know, you're not going to make it as a writer unless you're an author or whatever, like back then, of course. So having a career in it never crossed my mind having a career in social media never crossed my mind because it was just like, how does that work? I know how to write. I know how to be good at it, but me building a career, like usually you go and work at an agency, right? Like how do you do it by yourself? If you're not going to go work at an agency, I was like, okay, well, me being me, I'm very impulsive and I'm very taking risks and stuff. I don't think everything through. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this and we're just going to go with it. And because this is where I definitely contribute the fact that my hyperfixation of autism, that I hyperfixated on writing since I was a little kid, and then also my pattern spotting. So I immediately got, you know, a hold of things, how social media works, how algorithms work, everything like that. And I made a bit of money from it because the success started so quickly. Back then it was like Facebook, I think Facebook, Facebook ads and everything like that. And it took off really quickly. 
And I gained attention from a company in Australia and started doing their copywriting where I did their social media, I did their social media management, I did their copywriting for them. And for the first time, I realized that I don't need a traditional job. Like that was such an awareness for me of like, wow, this is actually possible. You don't like my autism doesn't disqualify me from doing my own thing and being an entrepreneur. And I think it wasn't about 2020 was when I really realized like this is it because I was actually taking a year long course on copywriting where I really like went full in on it. And I signed my biggest client yet, which was a four figure client from the USA. And when that happened, I was like, okay, now this is possible. I don't have to go get like a proper job because up to that point, I still had this thing in the back of my head. Like I need to have a proper job. Like I can't just work for myself. Like what is this? But at that point it was like, okay, we're building a business now. <laughs> we're going into copywriting. I've always written my whole life. So let's actually turn this into a career. And uh, you've built your business. You founded your business Grey Wolves a few years ago. And you provide mm -hmm. neuroscience-driven ghostwriting that transforms followers into loyal clients. So can you tell a little bit about the neuroscience behind what you do? Yeah, basically neuroscience-driven ghostwriting is a more scientific and psychological approach to copywriting. It focuses on how language triggers actions, emotions, choices, which ultimately leads to specific outcomes. Instead of just writing creative copy, neurocopywriting uses certain language triggers to provoke specific behavioral changes. Something that I'm often asked is, what is the way I use it in my copywriting? It's a question that I often get asked. And it starts with identifying your goals and needle movers, noting the lead and lag measures and benchmarking your current position. From there, I come up with specific strategies that will help you achieve your goals. And then from there, I analyze my systems and frameworks and university research to see which neuroscience concepts would help you achieve these goals. Like I have some of these things like, you know, if you're going to use FOMO or the Prattfall effect or any of those things, there are so many that you can incorporate. And so I'll be like, okay, this is the post, this is its goal. And I'm going to use this concept in this post. From there, I create posts, ideas, which then ultimately turn into written content that incorporate these frameworks while being structured into a funnel such as top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel. I think a lot of people think when they hear neuroscience ghostwriting, like, oh my gosh, this sounds so like complicated, but it's actually not as complicated. The biggest, I guess, would be to make sure I validate my research and frameworks. Unfortunately, I have psychologists and scientists as friends to always back me up on that. And then it's just simply understanding that each post has a goal. That goal is being achieved through psychological strategies. Now, a lot of times when people become entrepreneurs, they're told to promote their business using social media. However, they don't necessarily have a budget to do that so that could yeah. that could be problematic <laughs> what would be your advice particularly to neurodivergent entrepreneurs who find themselves in this situation if i look at how i started right it all comes down to 
creating, getting clear on your offer. That was the biggest thing for me. I had to get clear on, on my offer. What do I do? Who do I do it for? And how do I do it? I had to focus on my positioning. And when I started shifting my positioning of, oh, I'm not just a writer. I'm not just a ghostwriter. I actually do neuroscience-driven ghostwriting. It positioned me in a way of, okay, now we're different. Now we have a unique offer. And this, then the third thing that I really focused on was focusing on my goals. What do I want to achieve? What do I want to create ultimately? Why am I doing this? Why am I on social media? Why am I marketing my business, right? And using those strategies, I started incorporating top of funnel, middle of funnel, and bottom of funnel content. I think everyone always says, just get started, just post. And I don't agree with that. I don't think that you should just get started. And I don't think that you should just post. You need to have a strategy based on what you offer, what is your positioning, what is your message, what are your goals? And then you use all that and you use the funnel of top of funnel, middle of funnel and bottom of funnel to create content. And then the question is always like, okay, but now what type of content do I create? Do I just create educational content? Because a lot of people do create educational content. Educational content doesn't always sell. That's something that everyone needs to like realize that people are always told you need to prove your expertise. Showing your expertise is not exactly going to ensure you make sales. Competence building content will. You need to look at your business. You need to look at your discovery calls. You need to look at your work systems and processes and how you do things. That is your content. Your whole life, your whole business is actually content. Why did you do it this way instead of that way? Why do you do things? How do you write your content? Like for me, I was recently asked, how do I ghostwrite? So I did a whole recording of this is how I write a post. This is how I set up my notion. This is how I plan my content calendar. Those are your content. That is actually the things that validate your credibility ultimately at the end of the day. I would encourage neurodivergent entrepreneurs to start there. You don't have to aim for the mountains, just take it one step at a time, but don't just start as people would say. I would definitely be like, just look at your life, look at your experiences and create a strategy incorporating that entrepreneurs especially i think neurodivergent entrepreneurs we are i think at high risk of burnout what's been your experiences in terms of growing your business but also navigating um, autistic burnout i'm well familiar with burnout like prior to starting my business I was pushing it so hard. Like I was pushing my sensory limits. I was working with kids preaching. I was always busy, like probably working five, six days a week. I was constantly exhausted and then trying to do all these other work, like working in hospitality, working in other things, you know, working until 2 a.m., trying to navigate a normal job. I just couldn't function. And so I thought when I started my business, I thought, okay, now it would be my saving grace. Everything will be okay. And it wasn't. Actually, I still got burnt out. And the thing that I realized was that there is no blueprint at that time anyways. We're talking about like maybe five, six years ago. There was no blueprint 
about how to run a business as a neurodivergent entrepreneur. All the resources, all the advice, everything is really targeted at neurotypicals and neurotypical standards, and that's fine. But there's no support and help really for someone to be like, okay, these are, this is how my brain works. This is how my neurological condition affects my day to day and my business. So how do I build a business around that instead of trying to adjust myself to build a business? Only when I started learning how to understand my own autism, what works, what doesn't work, was I able to create a whole business that accommodates myself and accommodates my disability. And it enabled me to put systems in place that would help for that instead of me needing to mask in my own business. As an entrepreneur, one of the best best things that I've done is to get to the place where I was able to hire an assistant. Now, I don't plan to get rid of that assistant anytime soon, but <laughs> however, you've done uh, something really interesting that you have programmed chat gpt to be your assistant in what ways yeah. has uh, chat gpt been helpful to you basically i've been looking at i also have someone who really helps me i hired the cso um, chief strategy officer and he's been incredible with helping me run my business because i'm the ceo and he's like my second hand right and we were talking and I was like, okay, great. Like, how can we onboard another one? Because he's also neurodivergent. So we're building a neurodivergent company and we're like, okay, we're going to, let's go into ChatGPT, right? AI is taking over. We need to keep up with this. We need to like bring this on board. How can I alleviate things on me in a strategic way so that it can actually help me create content and create strategies and create things? Basically, I was talking to someone who is incredible at AI, like that's his whole thing on LinkedIn, Ruben Hasid. And he basically showed me how to program ChatGPT to understand my target audience, my ideal client, my core offer, and all my potential clients' pain points. And then I had the idea that I can use this to basically create a carbon copy of myself. I can basically program it to use my writing style, voice, music, industry. And in understanding that, then I can use it to identify what my target audience's fears, frustrations, pain points, desires, and I use all those things to create content. Using AI, I just sped up the entire process. I'm saving myself so much time and energy. So it's about working smarter and looking at little like things of how can I find ways to get things off my plate and accommodate my autism by actually using AI. AI doesn't have to take your job. It doesn't have to compete with you. I think it's actually one of the most beneficial things for neurodivergent entrepreneurs to use because it makes our jobs so much easier. For me, one of the most beneficial things about being an entrepreneur is the amazing autistic people I've gotten to meet as a result of this experience. So I'm wondering for you, if starting uh, your, your business, how has community and connection to others changed since then? 
understanding my autism and accepting it has honestly been one of the most liberating experiences. I've found that a lot of people are afraid to take that label. They call it a label. They're like, they don't want to be associated with that label. But for me, it's been the most freeing things, especially on LinkedIn, like meeting so many people that they have similar experiences. I've talked to so many incredible like neurodivergent entrepreneurs and coaches and founders. And for the first time, I don't feel alone in it where for so many years, like I'm 25 now and for most of my life, I've felt so alone in being autistic where I just, I felt like no one understood me. I felt like no one could really understand my experience and struggles and things that I have to go through. But when I start meeting other neurodivergent entrepreneurs, people who are running their businesses and they're doing so well and they're so willing to help me, they're so willing to give me advice and resources and cheer me on. And I think it was really building a personal brand on LinkedIn ultimately led me to fully accept my autism, start speaking about it publicly, because before before LinkedIn, I haven't talked about my autism before publicly. I was I felt very scared and I felt really ashamed of the fact that I was neurodivergent. And I'm really sad for that person that I was because there's nothing to be ashamed about. There is absolutely nothing to be ashamed about for having autism. It's a society belief, I suppose, that was ingrained in me to make myself small. The community on LinkedIn, the neurodivergent community on LinkedIn is absolutely incredible. And I've most of my clients are neurodivergent. My CSO, my chief strategy officer that I recently hired is neurodivergent. And I'm building a company, like a global neurodivergent company. And I really contribute a lot of it to the fact that building a brand on LinkedIn and the neurodivergent community for the first time, I felt like I belong where I've never, ever felt that before. For the first time in the neurodivergent community, I feel like I belong here. I'm accepted. I'm loved. I'm appreciated. Everything I've ever been told is too much or a problem or a defect or anything like that. No one thinks that. No one thinks that I'm too blunt or too much or that my things are problematic. And I think that is the most empowering and freeing experience you can ever experience, to be honest, because I don't think I would be where I am now, where I'm building a global company that's based in South Africa, Australia, and hopefully Canada with a team of neurodivergence, working with neurodivergence, if it wasn't for this community, you know? And how can our listeners learn about you and your services beyond this interview? I'm mostly active on LinkedIn, so I would definitely say, come say hello on LinkedIn, account is Milani Gray, and you could definitely slide into comments, uh, DMs, I'm very active in DMs and always replying, so... That is definitely where I would say you can come book a call. You can come chat and find me there and I will, yeah. 
Before we go, I, I was curious because I read that you're a Lord of the Rings fan and mm -hmm. Tolkien once said, I want to be a healer and love all the things that grow and are not barren. Are there some ways you think you've grown since you've learned? I know we've talked about this a little bit, but how have you grown mm -hmm. since you've learned about your autistic identity? I've gotten very soft and very patient very compassionate and understanding with myself through the years I was very hard I was very bitter I was very hard on myself had extremely high expectations and then when I moved to the USA and I think for the first time ever I really got confronted with my neurodivergence where I was no longer in my little bubble. I was no longer in my little routine. I was no longer in this little space and I had to face the real world, basically. And my whole life fell apart. It led me to this moment where I had to really face myself and the journey of self-acceptance started. And suddenly I'm no longer trying to compete with everyone around me. I'm no longer beating myself up if I can't do the most basic things. And in doing that, it has led me to be more understanding and patient and accepting of others. Because if I can allow myself to fully show up as myself, I can create an environment for others to show up as themselves with no strings attached, no pressure, no expectations. I just create a safe space for me to be me and I create a safe space for others to be themselves and just to show up as they are, no judgment, no shame, no limitations, just, just free, you know? And, um, well, I wanted, you know, I've been following you on LinkedIn for, I don't know, six, nine months and really have enjoyed your writing <laughs> and just really loved the conversation today. So thanks so much for joining me and definitely encourage people to follow you on LinkedIn. Oh, thank you so much. This was lovely. I appreciate it. Thanks so much to Milani for the conversation. To learn more about Milani and her business, please check out the link in the podcast description for this episode. Here at Autism Personal Coach, our clients are the experts, our coaches are the guides. The majority of supports for autistics are not helpful. They try to fix us, not support us. That's why many are confused when we say our clients are the experts, experts of their lived experience. Our clients are the experts for what's worked for them, about the things they need and want in their lives. And our coaches first listen to our clients, then ask thoughtful questions, offer resources, and strategize with our clients so they can get what they need to thrive. Would you want a guide in your life to help you to get the things you desire? If so, then visit AutismPersonalCoach.com for more information. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autism Stories. And if you did, if you could tell a friend, foe, or anyone you know about it so they can have the same enjoyable and educational experience as you when listening to Autism Stories, it would be very much appreciated. Until next time, I'm Doug Bletcher of Autism Personal Coach. Talk to you then.